Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Issue 8 of DC Primetime is now on podcast stands. Sticking with that new intro, just because I love it so much. Uh, but from the showcast on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And I am Rob Martin from Caffeine Crew. And joining us today, I have two very special guests. This will be interesting, too, because the first time we have four of us on the show. But without further ado, very happy to welcome Mr. Sean Lamont, uh, comic book reader extraordinaire, and... Brian Glein, Pun Master General. Hey, yes. wow, you got our titles yeah. down and everything. Yeah. I wasn't sure which way Brian was going to go this week, because I know you mix it up on him a little bit sometimes, Sean. So. I try to, I try to, keep him on his toes. But uh, yeah, you guys are from, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, the DCR podcast, Distressed Citizens Radio. And uh, like I said, you break down the DCR, or no, not the DCR, duh, the DC uh, Comics lineups <laughs> per week. Yeah, yeah, we're we're kind of the uh, geeks upon geeks. I guess we're we're trumping you guys. You guys talk about the DC TV shows, and and we talk about the comic books. <laughs> well, it's, it's that's what makes this a good combination for this podcast too, is because now we're getting both ends of it. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yes, we get to, uh, I get to bring in all the weird, obscure, ancient comic book knowledge. And and I just kind of poke fun at it. From <laughs> so, I know Rob's been telling me you guys have actually been pretty excited to come on, and I know. We've been pretty excited to have you guys on, uh, as noted by Rob temporarily forgetting the name of your podcast a couple yeah. seconds ago. <laughs> brain. It's, it's, it's not braining. It's like we're, we had daylight savings time last night, so everything's all kind of out of whack in my system right An now. An hour from now, you'll remember it. It will be mm-hmm. fine. It'll be good. <laughs> we'll still be recording the podcast, and all of a sudden, wait a second. Yeah, I remember this now. <laughs> no, we rarely get to talk about the TV shows, so we're pretty jazzed to come on and uh, chat with you guys, since you guys seem to be the pros when it comes to TV. So, Well, I don't know about the Aside pros. Aside the... brief appearance by Felicity in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we will not talk about. Well, that's what we figure, too. Like, this would be a good opportunity. I mean, we try and bring the comics into it occasionally uh, when we know about it. I know Rob's more the DC guy than I am. I'm more the Marvel side of comic books, and he's the DC. But obviously, I grew up on Superman, so I bring in certain aspects more when it comes to like Supergirl and things like that, which, of course, was on break this week, so we're not even going to be talking about it. Of course. Uh, but uh, <laughs> And there's mu- much more on break, too. Still Flash and Arrow. So. Flash and Arrow on break this week. Yeah, only one show to talk about this week and break down. But that was a good opportunity to have you guys on because now we can spend more time with you guys. And, you know, get to know you guys and your podcast a little bit better, too. So um, how about you? How about we start with that, too? Tell us a little bit more about DCR, uh, uh, your DCR podcast and how you guys got started with it. And how long have you guys been doing that now? Uh, we've been doing that almost three years now, I, I want to say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's uh, We started shortly after the new 52 launch, which was DC's attempt to rebrand and allow an entry point in for a bunch of new readers who had not uh, been keeping up with 50 years of continuity mm-hmm. or at least 20 plus years, you know, that little frivolous detail. And Sean, and, uh, Sean, that was actually like your first kind of jumping point in too for DC comics, wasn't it? Correct. I okay. am not an avid comic reader. I did not grow up on this stuff. Uh, 
it was actually the the great excuse I used was, oh, well, we have two boys. They'll get into comics. We'll just <laughs> let them have this nice jumping on point for these kids to actually enjoy these characters. And uh, I kind of kept taking the books from the kids and <laughs> did my own thing. And uh, <laughs> eventually, a year later, I was hosting a podcast discussing every single book that the that particular company released, DC. So it was a, a nice step up for me. But Brian has been a, a long-term guy myself. Long-term guy. In, in and out on occasion. But I've been reading since I was younger. And so the general idea originally was, oh, Sean is learning about all the new stuff. I can come in and talk about all the old stuff and what's being rebooted and with their past histories and whatnot. And now we've just sort of evened out by this point. Yeah. 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 So it'll be nice to see too, when we go into the shows a little bit more, uh, since you guys haven't had a really have an opportunity to talk about them and we haven't had, uh, you know, comic book experts or pros, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, extraordinaire. <laughs> extraordinaire. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, but comic book extraordinaires come on to kind of delve into that side of it, too. There's uh, no criteria for extraordinaire. That's why we <laughs> took that one. <laughs> That's a good point. Didn't even think about that. In that case, oh, you know what? That explains why my Twitter account says podcaster extraordinaire. There you go. <laughs> there's no criteria, and I can use it whenever I want to. Um, so what do you say we go into um, – our typical, my cat is going nuts in the background, so if you can hear it on the podcast, please ignore it. Um, let's go into our DC bullet point where we give our ranking of the shows this week's show, uh, where we give our ranking of sidekick, hero, or legend for the episode, and this week we are going to be talking about DC's Legends of Tomorrow, episode eight, uh, titled Night of the Hawk, uh, and we'll start with our guests this week. Uh, Sean, we'll start with you on this one. Sure, I'm giving this one a hero, and uh, mostly for the audacity of the antagonist they decided to bring in for this one, but they had a couple uh, steps forward and steps back as far as character development that I guess I will talk about a little bit later when we get more in-depth. Yeah. I'm, I See, whereas I'm going to be going legend because of, because of the audacity of the <laughs> villain for the week. Oh, Manhawks. Good old Manhawks. I love the Manhawks, man. (laughs) (laughs) Rob, how about you? Uh, You know, I'm going to side with Sean on that one. I'm going hero as well. It was, again, Manhawks was great, but at the same time, Manhawks. (laughs) 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 That and uh, and Casper Crump, uh, Geico Cavemanning up up again this week, uh, trying to do that that 1950s kind of middle American accent, and it's still just kind of like in Soviet Russia. (laughs) It was was a little rough. It was definitely a little bit rough this week. See, I don't have the audacity of the Manhawks because I'm not too familiar with them. So I, I'm I'm going into this one as an innocent when it comes to the the Manhawks. Uh, but I'm still going to give this one a a hero legend. It it exceeded the expectations I had for it. Um, did I say hero legend? I meant hero. Um, it exceeded my expectations that I had for this episode, but it didn't excel my expectations. So I'm sticking with hero on this one as well. Uh, but before we do the breakdown of this episode, since this is the first time we're having Sean and Brian on and they haven't really had an opportunity to talk about all the past episodes of Legends of Tomorrow, let's start back at the beginning and just kind of talk about Legends of Tomorrow in a broad sense. I'm very curious to know what you guys, what your impression of this show is so far. Are you enjoying it? Are you not enjoying it? Weak points, strong points? I've been quite enjoying it overall. It's been a uh, it was the one I thought most destined to be canceled by the end of season one. I guess if that's uh, one way of putting it, it's it's a very bold 
step for DC to take as far as just taking a mishmash of disparate side characters and saying, eh, let's throw them on crazy time adventures and see how that plays out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the villain of Vandal Savage we love in the comics, but he really didn't have much in the shows as far as, what, one, two episodes he showed up in Flash and Arrow and mm-hmm. just kind of threw some knives around and they were like, oh, he's scary. Trust us. He's he's a bad guy. <laughs> well, not you only that, but... to do with these knives. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like you said, he's in two episodes, which is, I think, the Flash Arrow crossover was the one that he was in. And he's killed at the end of it. So, yeah. I mean, and then all of a sudden they're going to bring him back for this other show. So... Now, mind you, this also contains some of my favorite characters ever, that being part of the rogues the the flashes villains as far as heat wave and captain cold in this yeah and uh we're huge proponents of those characters i matter, I, I, yeah. I absolutely adore the rogues yeah, we, too. we were we were debating whether or not we were just going to talk like wentworth miller the entire time <laughs> you know <laughs> With what that audible sneer but we you, do that we do that the entire time every we week okay. we, we spotlight him because he's still in my opinion probably one of if not the strongest character in that cast uh, yeah, definitely. He's he's just having so much fun. He is. So and, much fun. I mean, you can almost see him trying to keep a straight face every scene where he's just like, am I really doing this? This is just amazingly fun. Yeah, like, well, the time he talked about how good he was at prison breaks. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Yeah. That's a nice <laughs> little nod. Like, as, he, as he turns to the camera and smiles and winks, like, you know what I'm talking about, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because <clears throat> yeah, especially now that he's going to be coming back for that series, too, so which will be interesting, which I know... How many times can you break out of prison? Well, not only that, but I mean, his character in Prison Break died at the end of the show. Oh, well then. So uh, we <laughs> don't know. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and we don't know. I think it'd be more interesting if he came back and he broke out of prison somehow by like freezing the bars. Like, yeah. like all of a use, sudden it's a crossover. <laughs> yeah. Use a CO2 tank to somehow cryogenically or like just freeze the bars and that's how he breaks out. I wish and I could remember his character's name in that show or all of a Michael sudden he Sco- just. Michael Schofield. There you go. Michael Schofield, why are you talking so strange all of a sudden? <laughs> I had a stroke. <laughs> I, I'm en- I'm enjoying it. I was I was a little down on it at first because I was really thinking it's like you've got um, what's his name? Rory from. Uh, Doctor Who showing up as like the bargain basement David Tennant mm-hmm. doing his I just doing a terrible job terrible job at his job as a time master screwing up every which way but the more I looked at it they're sort of teaching you how to understand how a comic book superhero team works yeah kind of I, I guess because like, I mean, it's like Arrow showed up and it showed you how to it's like okay here's the powerless vigilante then Flash showed up. It's like, okay, here's how ridiculous superhero and uh, superpowers work. And now the team's like, okay, people are going to get romantically involved because they're stuck in a close space. This they're going to switch. They're going to mix and match who's working with who every week. I, I can totally. Sometimes people are going to leave. Sometimes random people are going to come up and join. It really does feel like an old school team comic book. Yeah. Except they're is. sort of trying to ease everybody into it. If you're just used to watching, you know, your arrows or your Flash. Action, so. Yeah. And it almost seems like, I mean, they're obviously, they're not afraid to write characters off in this show. I mean, we saw um, the actor Falk Henschel, uh, a.k.a. Hawkman, written off, I think, in what, episode two? Yeah, no, yeah two or no, three. Stop, come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I mean, this is this is another cheap plug to the podcast, to another podcast that I do. But we had an opportunity to interview Falk and he was an amazing <laughs> guy. Um, and it sucks because right after we interviewed him, 
he gets written off the show. Oh. And then we we interviewed um, we interviewed Michael Rowe, aka Deadshot from the Arrow series, and he gets written off the show. So it got to the point where I told my co-host from the other podcast, I'm like, don't interview anybody else from Arrow, <laughs> Flash, or Legends, because apparently, apparently every time we interview them, they get written off the show. Well, you guys stay away from Wentworth Miller. That's for yeah, sure. Seriously. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to talk to Wentworth Miller anymore. Did, ben, did you happen to talk to Dominic Purcell in the last couple of weeks? No, we haven't talked to Dominic. <laughs> Yourself. So you might have yeah. broken the curse. So, but I mean, they they're not afraid to write off characters in the show. We still don't know what's going to happen to Dominic Purcell. I mean, I, I I keep hearing the whole, well, you know, Hawkman can come back because they travel through time, but it, it kind of ruins the timeline if you do that. Like if you pull a Hawkman from another time to do that, unless it's the future. Yeah, it's time uh, travel. It's the ultimate MacGuffin, you know. They, they also have that nice uh, uh, rewrite that they can do that whenever they die, they get reborn as a Hawkman again, and they lose most of their surface memories at the very least. So. But, that, but again, that goes to the whole you'd, ha- you'd have to pull a Hawkman from the future, not from the past, because that Hawkman, even though they're reborn, still has to grow up to become that Hawkman. Yes. Yeah. So, so or, or they would have to go way in the past to do yeah. it as well. Yeah, so I mean, well, but again, if you pull a Hawkman from the past, now you're kind of ruining the timeline. Because well, as long as they the drop them back off afterwards, everything's a okay. Right. <laughs> it's, you just drop them off a second after they left. That's it. Remember, That's we got to come back later and put a trash can on top of this door so Hawkman can come back. <laughs> <laughs> then it gets kind of weird though if if Hawkman and Hawk Girl hook up because then it's like, hey, I I'm back with you now, but I just made out with your future incarnate. Yes, yes, but. It's I still you, so you we're fine. That's true. <laughs> Cheated on I, you with you. I just want Hawkman to come back as a barista so he can talk about after it's only been three months since he's been a barista. Now you he's know, I actually <laughs> have that all the in way. my show notes as well for this episode. <laughs> that was part of my positive. She never said the word barista. This I know. It's, it's two weeks running. I am so happy. <laughs> it's like how – God. It's it's like oh. if if we have um sorry if we have a uh, casket watch for Arrow we have barista watch for for Legend. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean yeah like now we don't know what's happening with Dominic Purcell's character we don't know if he's gone if he's going to be coming back I know one of the things Sean that you had mentioned was you were waiting to see about that in this week's episode. I uh, live and breathe rogues and they give me that tease <laughs> and then just. Dangle it above my head and give me nothing this episode. <laughs> yeah, and now we don't you know. Saw, you saw nobody. That, that's that's comics in a nutshell. You saw nobody. Rogues always stick together. Come on. Mm-hmm. You don't leave anybody behind. So yeah. um, because we might as well talk about that point because we're getting close to being able to dive into this episode. Um, so for Legends, when we had that moment, what was it, last week, when they ended on that scene, we were trying to speculate where we thought that scene was. We, our thought was that was Central City, the the woodsy area that we saw Barry and Cold have their their big discussions at. I would assume yes, they just the, probably dropped them off there. Yeah, the conversation about murder and that Captain Cold wouldn't murder people anymore. I'm pretty sure that was the same. It seemed set like they it, used. Yeah, oh, that's what, so we, we we were at least speculating that was definitely Central City 2016 that uh, I, he got dumped in. Am I allowed to make guesstimates as to what I think occurred actually yeah, there? Totally. Uh, I think he dropped him off with Flash. I think he's in uh, Star City Prison right now. Just uh, or I, I'm oh, sorry, in Star theory. Labs in the I prison know. there, just keeping him out of the way, keeping him safe, and they'll come pick him up afterwards. So you think there's a possibility we might see Dominic Parcell appear back up on the Flash sometime soon? Yep, I, I have a pretty good feeling that's where it's going to end up. I didn't even think about that. 
I mean, and it makes sense, too, if you're if what you said, Rob, was about them dropping him off back in the woods where they initially had that conversation. Then, yeah, he's they crossed back over to the Flash when it comes yeah. to Dominic I mean, Purcell's character. It's a nice tie back to as well for, like I said, you know, Justice League in the uh, in the comics the past couple of months with cold kind of wibble wobbling on the hero side of things. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a bodyguard for Lex Luthor, you know, mm-hmm. ultimate good guy over in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I know before we get into the, the actual breakdown of the episode, I think we're all on the same page with this one. But Sean and Brian, favorite character from Legends. I think it's pretty much a given. We've, I think, yeah, we've I, I think we're all on the same page. Captain Cold. <laughs> Captain, yeah. Cold. Yeah. Captain Cold. Yeah, I think that's ours, too. I, although I would say that uh, probably a close second in mine uh, is Professor Stein. Yeah, he's been doing yeah, a lot would, of work. That, that would have been my second as well. Yeah, yeah. As, as far as making himself endearing, he's been doing a lot of work at, and and making. And I'm not a Firestorm fan. I'm I'm <laughs> I make no qualms with that whatsoever. It's basically characters I really don't care about are Hawkman followed by Firestorm. So that's why this <laughs> this particular show I was kind of like, well, they got some good guys on there. <laughs> well, it's kind of like you know just how they man- managed to make Adam so lovable and likable too. I mean, he's always seems to kind of teeter up on that that top uh, top pedestal every week. I mean, he's just. Brandon Routh is just such a likable dude. And uh, he kind of suffers from that Superman curse, though. He kind of does. He he was he played Superman in the movies and now everyone expects him to be that Boy Scout good guy Mm -hmm. in everything he does moving forward. And he's kind of just harnessed it into this role of the Atom. And uh, it it works in this one, though. It works very well for him. It works, though. But I think the one and this is kind of stemming away, still staying in comic books, but stemming away from DC for a little bit. I think the one role that kind of broke me of the Superman curse, even though I know Rob and I, this was one of the conversations we had last night. I actually liked Brandon Routh as Superman. As Uh, did I. I enjoyed Superman Returns. But I think the one role that kind of broke him of the the curse was Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he played a vegan douchebag. So, I mean, I'll give him that one word. He doesn't. He really doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of broke me of the the Superman curse, even though it was still a fun role for him. I thought you were about to say Dylan Dog. No, nobody knows that movie. I know Dylan Dog. I know know it's a thing that exists. I could not tell you what it was for the life of me. Be a vampire or something? Oh, God, I don't even remember. It was a one-time watch. I'm like, well, that went in my head and out of my head in a second. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much a, I'm going to watch it just for the sake of saying I've seen it. And then mm-hmm. and two hours have passed. <laughs> yeah. And I think I might have been like playing Angry Birds on my phone or something. I don't know. I don't even play Angry Birds. That just goes to show you how much I, le- I did not pay attention <laughs> to Dylan Dog. So, all right, let's delve into the episode a little bit. Speaking of Angry Birds. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I just got that. Good lord. Oh, Ben, you're on the yeah, it's daylight saving times in your brain. It's the daylight savings delay. (laughs) Just an hour from now, you're just gonna start laughing. Speaking of Angry Birds, that's a nice that was a nice one, Brian. I like that one. Uh but yeah, we go into, as we said, episode eight of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Night of the Hawk. Uh, The team tracks Savage to a small town in Oregon during the 1950s. Upon arrival, they discover there have been a recent string of murders and they suspect Savage is involved. Professor Stein and Sarah go undercover at a psychiatric hospital where Savage is working as a doctor to find out his plan. While there, Sarah, this is a long synopsis, Jesus. Uh, While there, Sarah meets a nurse named Lindsay and sparks fly. Meanwhile, Ray and Kendra pretend to be a married couple to gain the neighborhood's trust. But an interracial couple in the 1950s is something that goes unnoticed. Um, 
So I, I guess we were all at least at, at at the minimum a hero with this one, Brian. I know you gave this one a legend as well. Uh, since you're the one that gave this one a legend over the hero, what were some of the stronger points that you feel from this episode that made you give it that? Oh, um, well, number one, Manhawks, <laughs> above all else. Just the, the sheer fact that Manhawks, one of our favorite bizarre, obscure characters, showed up. Um, I would... I, enjoy the campiness of these things a little bit more than I would say some other people would. So just the transformations I thought were very interesting. I was also kind of surprised that the Manhawks had better uh, hawk wings than any of the uh, titular hawk characters have had so far <laughs> in the show. A little weird. Um, and I have been watching, um, oh, what is it called? 112263 on Hulu. Oh, so yeah. and they, okay. they're dealing with a lot of the similar things. So as I eagerly await the next episode of that, I'm like, oh, I get more of these kind of, you know, a little broader strokes of, yeah, maybe the 50s weren't that great. Would you believe that suburbia has a darker side? Yeah. You know, Desperate Housewives style. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed all that stuff. It was like, oh, more, more, more of this, but in a different superhero way. I enjoyed it. Duh. Yeah, I like the fact of this episode that it it delved into more into real life issues than just comic book issues with this one, uh, with the interracial couple with, uh, uh, you know, the cheerleader dating the new guy who happens to be African-American and, um, you know, gay and lesbian still being very much in the closet, not being as open as it is today. Uh, and just to show you how ignorant I was to that, I didn't realize that. I mean, it's, it's very obvious that it probably was. I can't put together the 50s and the word lesbian even being used in the same sentence because I didn't think that word was even really a thing back then. But that just goes to show you my ignorance towards oh, yeah. it. But but I like the fact I that I remember growing up having my mind blown that, you know, uh, I, th I think I saw an old episode of Taxi from like the early 80s or something. And they were talking about people being gay. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought this was a new thing. Yeah, that's, to my parents. And that's yeah, that's exactly how I was, too. So, I mean, you know, I thought it came out in like the 60s and 70s. I didn't realize it go, it went back that far. But you realize it goes back way further than oh, that, yeah. too. Um, but, yeah, I like the fact that they delved into real life issues and they kind of mixed them. They intermingled them, them into the actual issues that they had with Vandal Savage and and such as well. Yeah, like I said, there was that nice, fun, Pleasantville vibe that was everything was just completely cracked out this week. So and, uh, you know, we got a couple of really fun, amusing nods. I don't know if anybody caught it. Uh, I was mentioning to Ben beforehand that, uh, you know, Vandal Savage's uh, code, like, you know, code name in this area was uh, Curtis Knox, which is a nice little nod to old school Smallville. Um, that was uh, Dean Kane played uh, a Dr. Curtis Knox, which was kind of like the Vandal Savage knockoff. So oh, I got nice. a, I got a nice little like little laugh off of that because I don't think they were actually allowed to use Vandal Savage back when Smallville was was filming. So they were building Curtis Knox's this evil immortal and obviously you know you throw dean kane at it because uh why not it's a shame they didn't use the uh name you guys used last week which was randall randall Savage. Savage. Randall Savage. <laughs> yeah. the like macho so. man randall <laughs> i almost said it again too like i have to say that in my mind now it's not randall it's van <laughs> uh, i know to me this one was more of a nod of old school classic horror films you know where Everything happens in this 1950s town, you know, but there's these creatures that are murdering everybody and things like that. I know it even at one point in the episode, it put a big smile on my face that we even see a nod to uh, the beast from 20,000 Fathoms, which is a very, it's very obscure old 19, like 1950s, I think from 1953 
horror movie, but you know the scene very well. It's the scene where the dinosaur is in the city and it eats the cop. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, I know that one. There is a scene in this episode where the security guard at the hospital is actually watching that. Or no, the police officer, the sheriff, when uh, when Rory and um, uh, I'm Rory from Doctor Who. Jesus. It's, it's okay. Saying, I do it all the time. When, and, then, and, then, and then when Heat Wave was Mick Rory, it just confused me even more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Uh, but yeah, when um, you know, right. when Rip goes into the 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 sheriff's office, the sheriff is actually watching that scene on the television set. So that was a nice little nod for me that I, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, Plus Jefferson it. got to even call it out where he was like, "Hey, I've seen all these old fifties black and white movies. You go up to Lover's Lane, you get murdered." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have that very kind of Night of the Comet thing going on too with the nth metal comets and stuff like that. That was kind of cool. Well, the nth metal was a nice little nod. To that was really the only comic book uh, nod that I picked up on out of everything. There wasn't there wasn't much this week. Yeah, it was uh, pretty quiet. So, but I mean, the nth metal is a big uh, is a big component to the Hawkman and Hawkgirl series. Yeah, yeah, the Hawkman legacy is all nth, nth metal. If nth metal shows up, there's, there's going to be a bird person showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not only that, but isn't there armor at some point made of nth metal? Correct. Yeah, nth metal is Hawkman's adamantium, if you know Wolverine, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, the other fun little Easter egg this week is uh, Vandal Savage's um, little special area in the psychiatric hospital. They refer to Hall H, where he does all his experiments. So nice little Comic-Con reference there. Yes, very so, well. A nice way to put everybody kind of saying that everybody goes to Comic-Con is our, our all hawk, hawk people. So <laughs> <laughs> They screech like him, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Have you guys ever been? Uh, no, not personally. I've not been to San Diego. I've been to a bunch of uh, regional and uh, New York and stuff like that, but never made it out to San Diego. I don't have quick enough fingers on the mouse to actually get tickets to go. <laughs> I, I I do. I just don't have the patience to wait in line for five hours to get into Hall H. Yeah, there is that little frivolous detail as well. I mean, if I'm paying that much money to go to, you know, including hotel and airfare to go to a con, I want to enjoy the con. I don't want to sit in a net like for five, six hours. Yes. You know, to go to these to go to these cons. I'd rather stay too big for their own good. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Um, So any other things worth noting? I know we're, we're moving through this pretty quick, but there wasn't really a lot, as you had mentioned, a lot of comic book nods in this episode. Um, I did like the fact of actually getting to see Adam using his suit again properly this time, not going into somebody's body or going out into space. But we see him actually shrink down to, you know, avoid detection. And, and but no action like figure this week. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to ask, did did they ever mention that if his wife was a supervillain as well, his 1950s era wife, because she seemed pretty understanding to the giant torture door yeah. that he had set up and uh <laughs> the the chest full of golf pants and sacrificial daggers <laughs> that he kept in his closet i mean she seemed very normal and they never really touched back on that that yeah. she was actually working with him <laughs> i did love the fact that, that it was like here's the evil chest and it's like immediately golf pants and it's just kind of like well that's what every supervillain would wear in 1958 that's what you keep in your 1950s man cave mm-hmm. golf pants all the golf uh, another nice little nod to again going back to the horror aspect of it too was the 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 person that directed this episode is also the same guy that directed Gremlins, Gremlins Two, and The Burbs. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's so um, which is kind of why you can kind of get that horror feel from yeah, it. Yeah, but you know, still have some comedy notes like Gremlins Two. Yeah, yeah, Love me some Gremlins Two. <laughs> exactly. 
so I mean, it, it had a little bit of Burbs feel to it, you know, where something is going on in the neighborhood and it has to do with the neighbors, but you don't know what it is. And then you get no one to found a femur. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> this is Walter. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you and then you you find out that Vandal Savage is the weird neighbor and he's keeping something in the basement, very reminiscent to the Burbs, which was which was pretty cool. I thought that was a nice little nod to it as well. I guess I guess Wentworth Miller talking on television is sort of the equivalent of my love of Tom Hanks yelling in movies. <laughs> so that's a nice, nice to see that talent going over that. You're a fan of Tom Hanks yelling in movies. Tom Hanks yelling is one of my most favorite things in the world, and my wife just rolls her eyes whenever the new Tom Hanks movie comes out because I just want to go see it so he can yell at something. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm assuming you're a fan of the whole Wilson from Castaway and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more, more league of their own than anything. But oh, okay, so the like, no like, crying in baseball. Like you would see like Road to Perdition or something, and there's still a good Tom Hanks yelling scene. So uh, see, I, my brain just goes to Joe versus the volcano. That's what I was just thinking too. <laughs> <laughs> Joe versus volcano is a bridge too far for myself. <laughs> see, my mind automatically goes to his laugh from the money pit. <clears throat> oh, yeah. When the tub falls <laughs> to the floor. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Too. That's where mine is. Uh, so I guess one of the big points in this episode that we kind of alluded to real quick is, uh, you know, we ended on the cliffhanger last week with uh, Cold uh, uh, firing at, you know, Mick at the end of the episode. And, uh, yeah, no Mick this episode and barely any mention of any of this stuff happening. Um, yeah, and everyone was just kind of a jerk to Captain Cold. Like, man, you turned on your friend. Man, eh, you're a horrible person. And he just I mean, kind of took it the whole episode, too, which isn't very Cold-like. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Uh, I thought a little out of place and um, – you know, the, the fact that they even brought up because everybody's like, when are they going to bring this up? And it was even Jack's like, what, are we going to pretend like this never happened? And everybody's like, writer's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do this week. <laughs> yeah. um, another thing I think <clears throat> worth mentioning that I'm just thinking about this now, too. Do we think they're setting something up uh, for a future episode? Because um, this episode eight is officially the halfway point of the first season of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, We're on two-week break now after this. We come back on the 31st with episode nine, which, of course, they left us in a cliffhanger at the end with uh, with Sarah, Ray, and um, Kendra Kendra being left behind in 1958. But in the very beginning of the episode, when they're traveling to the 50s, they're all starting to see more effects from the time travel. They're starting to mention that more. They really telegraph that this episode. So... do we think they're setting something up for a future episode where this is really going to become a problem? Well, the the reason they gave was the further you jump, like the amount of time you jump, the more it affects you. And we know they're going back uh, much more than a couple decades in the second half of the season. So I have a feeling that may put some people either out of commission or uh, I'm sure it will start to have a more visible effect upon the team as they start jumping around in time more than hey we licensed some music from the 70s and now we're in the 70s <laughs> yeah because three I think episodes we are getting the most out of those licensing rights <laughs> I, yeah so, i mean yeah i think we're only about three episodes away from jonah hex yes which i'm looking yes. forward to <laughs> I know. so and yeah i mean in time wise that's a big jump to go from the 1950s to the 18 18- 1880s or 1850s, whatever time they're going to go to, you're jumping sure. almost a century rather than you know 20, 30 years. Yeah. So if it's if that's the case, they're going to see some big effects when they go, uh, be some big side effects from this time travel from these time jumps. Right. Um, know so that- I was I was really paying attention to who was complaining about it and who wasn't. And it looked like it was going to be like a Black Canary and Firestorm would probably be taken out. Yeah. 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 Um, I know they. Um, 
Uh, crap, I had an idea and I thought I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, next week, uh, well, not next week. Well, when the ship does come back, uh, Sarah heads to uh, Rachel Ghoul. So I would assume she's either just going behind or down the street and she'll be in Nanda Parbat. I would assume just because <laughs> it's a hop, skip and a uh, jump it's, away from it's everybody. It's the footpath behind the house mm-hmm. <laughs> that gets you to Nanda Parbat. Uh, but we're going to see Matt, a return of Matt Noble next week, right. too, playing uh, playing Rachel Ghoul. Mm-hmm. So next Another week, man next of an episode. indiscriminate uh, accent. I'm yeah. not exactly <laughs> yeah. sure what that is. <laughs> uh, and it looks like when we come back to, we're going to see a, a bigger focus on Kronos as well, because obviously they're going to have to get out of this situation because Kronos is now on the time jumper. So obviously they're not going to be able to just outrun him this time. Yeah. I will say, I know we kind of skipped over the uh, the first seven episodes. Do you guys... Uh, who are the strongest actors, do you guys think, on this show as far as uh, really just bringing their A-game to this and and not maybe – I don't want to say phoning it in, but uh... – I mean I, I definitely going to say I think Victor Garber is still the probably the most standout as far as caliber in the show. I think they've given him the most range to work with where they've kind of – I feel like they've leaned on him a little bit too much recently where I would have liked to see a little bit more from uh, the girl that plays Kendra uh, and, um, you know, just – just to try to get them moving forward. I mean, it seems like it's the Martin Stein or the Captain Cold show every week almost. And yeah. uh, I would like to see them really kind of going in some other directions. I mean, we're seeing more and more of Ray. Uh, they're starting to give us some more glimpses of Jax. Not as much. I would have liked to see a little bit more from him still too. And then Rip still feels kind of like for the person that's leading this charge is very absent from a lot of the forefront of this show well well see i kind of disagree with that a little bit because i actually think arthur darville's kind of come into his own a little bit more since the beginning of the show especially That's last where I'm episode, at right now too especially last episode when the episode started with him watching that video of his wife and his son we're starting to see more emotion come out of rip yeah. he may not be the leader that they need yet but his character is definitely in my opinion built up a little bit more he's come a long way from the beginning of the show I, th- I think that was my re- main reason for asking the question was it seems like Arthur Darville has had the most character growth, I think, from the yeah, first episode. I do agree with to that. this one. And it, it's it's that last week, that bottle episode that they had of their their space adventures and everything. Uh, and we were seeing the flashbacks of him and his wife were basically blowing me away as far as like, OK, hey, I can actually root for this guy now. Not just because I know him from the comic books, but because he actually has a storyline and a reason and emotions behind his actions yeah, yeah. It, was a, it, was a, it was a wide wide jump from the first episode where he's saying he's from london oh and the future <laughs> <laughs> you had to work that brit accent in. I knew <laughs> I had to. i'm surprised we haven't heard a scree yet so. <laughs> that's post that's post-production my friend uh-huh. <laughs> so but yeah that was a good that, that's a good question too is as who we thought was i mean obviously i think wentworth miller is, is a strong actor as well and his oh, character yeah. is just phenomenal but i think as far as character growth I, arthur darvel would be my my top of that list because i think he's just come the furthest over everybody yeah i, th- I think arcs just mean more to me than than one-offs I, yeah. I like seeing them have fun and play their characters and do their thing but seeing a character grow always stands out a little bit more for me yeah, yeah i mean I, I will say honestly um you know Again, I would like to see a lot more Jax. I think he's got a lot of potential, too. Uh, but I'm, I'm still kind of like, as, as much as Arthur Darvel's been amazing, seeing how much Stein has grown from this show versus him in The Flash, too, has been impressive. Yep, definitely. So. And, and Stein should technically be, based on the comics, the least interesting character in that cast. Oh, yeah. He's he, he's kind of like the ship dad, you know? Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's just a floating head in the comics that's there to yell at Firestorm for being an idiot. 
<laughs> and here he's, he's actually an interesting character you want to hang out with, which is a nice change of pace. Yeah. Um, on that same note, uh, when it comes to characters, what kind of character, what kind of differences in character would you want to see? And, and I'll give you an example as to kind of like uh, explain my thought process here is one thing I would like to see is I want to see Ray get mad. I don't think it's something we've seen yet. I think there's there's definitely potential with that now with the budding relationship between him and Kendra. Um, something could happen to Kendra that could really cause him, that could really set him off. But he's always been so happy-go-lucky. I want to see him get mad. Yeah, definitely. I would love to see that as well. In a similar vein, I'd love to see Kendra actually accept her role as a hawk god. And <laughs> that, that was kind of my whole thing in this one, that the two steps forward, two steps back. In this episode, she goes hey, we're going to be stuck on this time travel field trip forever until I actually kill Vandal Savage, so I should probably get around to doing that. And then as soon as she does it and fails, she's like, I'm sorry, I don't know what I was thinking, guys. I was a barista three months ago. Just have <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a deleted scene in this week's legend, so you probably haven't heard about it yet. But now that they're stuck in the 50s, like she's going to have to look for a coffee house oh, to geez. find a job. <laughs> Oh, God. It's just built into her DNA. Ugh. No one has a barista here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think the word barista existed in no. the 50s. Gosh. I'm a waitress. To Italy. <laughs> Somebody goes up to her. I was like, I'd like a large. Venti? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think because they're going to be, from what I can understand, I think they're actually going to be stuck in the 50s for a little while. It's not just going to be Rip's going to come back, you know, an hour later and they're going to pick them right up. Yeah, I have, a, I have a feeling it's until we get the jump to the Old West, I think we're going to be stuck in the 50s. So I, we're going to see them stuck in the 50s for a while. So I think it would be a, a fans will hate it and some fans will love it. I, what if there's a fun nod where because in order to survive in the 50s while they're there, she actually does get a job as a waitress. It would be oh, fun. Yeah. In like a diner. <laughs> Work at a diner, you know, tell yeah. them to kiss her grits, you know. <laughs> She's serving coffee. <laughs> Uh, and lots of Back to the Future stuff still flowing out of this show, man. Yeah, a lot of Biff references. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was great. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> that was so great. Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, I mean, like we said, we're going to see – we're on a two-week break now for Legends, so obviously we're not going to see anything else come out of that. And so, I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see where they go now when the show returns on March 31st. So, uh, but since there was no Arrow, there was no Flash, and there was no Supergirl this week, uh, we're going to jump into a little bit more broad like we did with the beginning of the Legends since we haven't discussed these shows with you guys yet. Um, out of these three shows, I know Rob and I have our own personal opinions, but we'll start going in this direction. Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl, which one of these three shows do you feel is the strongest? Ah, uh, Sophie's <laughs> Choice. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's pretty. I, I'm I'm leaning Flash pretty hard. Yeah, uh, I I hate to say it, it's Flash, and and I would love to say Arrow this season, but I can't. So I'm gonna say Flash as well. So yeah, I think that's pretty much where Rob and I stand on this as well. It's just yeah, so it's... many strong episodes of the Flash. I know, and when it comes in our rankings, as long as we've been doing, I mean, we've only done eight episodes. This one being the eighth episodes of this podcast. I mean, it's um. Flash has gotten more legend status than any other show. Uh, I don't think it's ever gotten a sidekick out of all the sh episodes that we've done because no episodes have been that weak. Uh, I mean, we've gotten episodes such as King Shark come out of the Flash. Which yeah, is I mean, who to think amazing. ever we'd see something like that on screen? 
Yeah, even really. even Tar Pit in yeah. his giant molten tar yeah. monster mode. I mean, they are really not holding back. The storyline alone is, oh, by the way, there's 10,000 infinite Earths out there, and there's a whole bunch of different things happening, and there's doppelgangers of everyone in each one, and and just accept that and run with it. Everyone's <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, we can do that. Trust, they, all they have to do is pull out the handy-dandy whiteboard, and it's kind of like, look, this is we're going to explain to you in layman's terms. Done. Moving on. And everybody's yep. kind of like, I accept that. Just go ahead. Yeah, and, and I, I have to give them credit for that. They're the ones really pushing the boundaries right now as far as making comic book logic acceptable to the yeah. masses because it's a, it's an acquired taste. Let's all be honest. It is a very acquired taste. You don't pick up the all-new X-Men now and just go, well, I will start reading here at issue seven yeah. and everything will make sense, I'm sure. Why are my eyes bleeding? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, even, like, Kevin Smith, uh, um, you know, from Clerks and Ball Rats and such, if you don't know who he is, um, King Shark is the one thing that turned him over to the Flash. I mean, it's the one thing that somebody told, it was Jason Mewes told him, they just did King Shark on the Flash. And he was like, get the hell out of here. No, they didn't. <laughs> and he went back and he watched it and he's like, oh my God, I love this show. And he went back and he started from the beginning and he's hooked on it. Not only hooked on it, but directing an episode yep. now, which is really? awesome. It's it's great how much it's it's turned people on to the just zaniness of everything right. and allowing it to just breathe and, yeah. and just tossing it out and just letting it breathe and letting everyone look at it and go, really? Okay. It's some sort of cancerous growth that turned this man into a shark monster. Okay. Sure. Well, I think, I, I think Jeff Johns in DC pretty much have given them free reign. It's like, okay, if this character is available and you want to use it, go ahead, use it. Yeah. It, it seems like it, you, you know, you're, you're doing great things with it so far and, Plus, it had Diggle in it, and I always love when Diggle shows up on Flash. <laughs> uh, Diggle's uh, getting a new helmet soon. Oh, uh, thank God. Was oh, he making the cutover finally? Or? <laughs> well, no, it, it was mentioned in uh, uh, the, King the, Shark episode. the King Shark episode. Yeah, where. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. yep. You know, I think he said, uh, I'm having a hard, you know, I'm having a hard time seeing out of this. And I think. Um, Cisco the, yeah, like, Cisco's one. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Cisco made yeah. reference that there's there's going to be an upgrade coming soon, which is which is pretty cool. Oh, so um, Diggle, Diggle has a superhero outfit now. Well, he's got a but, helmet. Oh, he's got a helmet. All he's right. got a helmet. I, he's, he's got I, a giant T helmet, Brian. Yeah, you know, kind of this weird mix between like Red Hood and Mister Terrific kind of. Yeah, it's adds. like a Mister Terrific Guardian <laughs> mix is what they yeah, have going on with him right, right now. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. See, I I I fell out on Arrow. When Flash started up and I only had so many free hours in the week, I'm just like, uh, he'll cross over with Flash on occasion. I'll catch up with him that way. Yeah, I feel I, so I bad saw, for Arrow. <laughs> I saw shot at yeah. one point. I'm like, oh, like something started autoplaying on Hulu. I'm like, oh, well, then that's happened, I guess. <laughs> well, Brian, if you freed yourself up from reading so many comics. Oh, wait, you guys do a comic book podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Easier said than done. Yeah, exactly. Although at some points, I think Brian just does make things up. So he could just not be reading them at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so for you guys, because you said you both kind of lean towards Flash. So who is your standout character in the Flash? And what is some of your favorite moments that have happened so far in these two seasons? I'm going to steal it before Brian does. It's uh, a. <laughs> Ah, damn it! He got it. <laughs> we're, we're we're both big fans of Vibe as well. Um, for a character that was literally a caricature in the early '80s, he's had a relaunch recently that made him a very fun Spider-Man style, just quippy and and just being kind of goofy and uh, and 
they've just been having a lot of fun with him on the, the Flash show as yeah, well. He got stuck with, how many issues did his series get? Like eight issues? Yeah, it was yeah. Eight. eight. Eight issues, and he came in, and they reestablished him as this new character. They are literally using the plot line from that series for season two of The Flash with the breaches and whatnot. It's, I'm very surprised that it's like, well, this may not have worked in comics, but it's perfect for television. Yeah, they changed him from the 80s Latino breakdancing. That was his yeah. power was yeah. he let's, could let's breakdance really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's and, insane, uh, too, because they're even getting ready to bring in Rupture in, in, in the show. And I'm like, really? I like oh. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> when the holy choir plays whenever oh. Armando is mentioned. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Armando can do no wrong for he is Armando. <laughs> But, I mean, we mentioned the other Earths and everything, too. I mean, there's still so much potential for this show. I mean, we've only seen Earth 2 as of so far. So many other Earths out there. I mean, it's so much potential for this show. I mean, so it's – the show, to me, can still, as great as it is, can still continue to get better. I mean, Yeah, well, as we know, they're crossing over with Supergirl, which is its own – multiverse as well so they're which they said at the beginning wasn't going to happen this season of supergirl they said you know we want to develop supergirl as her own thing so even though this is the same kind of universe we're not going to and in which we know actually it's not the same universe because he has to cross over to to the multiverse to get to her so they lied to us twice now (laughs) when they said it wasn't going to happen this season and but they were in the same universe so we know that they're not but with the multiverse now we know it's still possible for that to happen. Uh, there's so many different things I want to see happen with the multiverse. We saw uh, when they went over to Earth 2 originally, we saw the different, we saw, um, well, no, Caitlin as Killer Frost was the first time they traveled, uh, traveled. But I know one thing that we saw that I still, I want to see it and I'm working on, I'll, I'll talk about this more in, in, in news, but I'm actually working on a uh, uh, an in-person interview with John Wesley Shipp, who was the original oh, Flash. Um and hopefully they don't kill off his character if I get this interview. They better not. <laughs> um, but one of the things that we saw in the Time Vortex is we actually saw a universe where John Wesley Ship is still the Flash. Yep. <laughs> I would love to see them just do a nice nod to the comic books and have Barry go to that universe I, and see his too. father as the Flash. You know, you know, DC gets a lot of flack for various business decisions decisions that they make as far as comics and movies and etc. But they really stand by their own as far as the actors that have that have played roles in their universe and make sure they find something for them. I.e., they they brought John Wesley Ship into the new Flash show. Yeah. Hey, you were the Flash in the last one. Hey, Mark Hamill, you want to come back and reprise your role? Yeah, come on back, do your thing. Yeah, well, I mean, not only that, but we saw Helen. Yeah, yeah, we saw Helen Slater come back as the mother. Dean Cain from Lo- from Lois and Clark yeah. came back over to play their father. In Smallville, we saw Dean Cain as Robin mentioned earlier on. Um, Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder both came back yep. in Smallville to not to reprise their roles, obviously, but to still just be part of that universe. So you're right. DC does it right when it comes to that. And they they do like to they're loyal to the yeah. people that play those parts. You get a spot on a DC show. You are set on the con schedule for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, DC's always been about like legacy characters and characters moving forward. And it's kind of cool to see them bring that over with the actors. Granted, they may have lost that a little bit in the new 52, but you know. slightly, slightly. Not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's nice to see them kind of keeping that same mindset, though, at least with the shows. Yeah, uh, but on the note of small, of, of Supergirl, um, I don't think it's obviously of the four shows that we discussed. I don't think it's the strongest. I definitely think it has some strong points 
absolutely has some weak points. Um, but we still watch. I mean, even if we didn't do this podcast, I probably still continue to watch every week because it keeps my interest. It's fun. Um, but what are your thoughts on Supergirl as of now? If you watch, I don't even know if you guys watch Supergirl. I, I actually watch all of them. Okay. Uh, the the John Jones uh, uh, reveal. Car, um, yeah. Well, not just that. The the John Jones Alex Kara uh, triumvirate are pretty much the the glue that keep me coming back to watch that show, mm-hmm. especially after the last couple episodes where they've yep. been at odds with one another and then reconvened and and reconciled and everything. Uh, it, there was a moment where I was like, "Hey, I'm watching." Martian Manhunter put kryptonite handcuffs on Supergirl to avenge the death of his family on Mars so he can fight a white Martian. It's like 8.30 on NBC (laughs) or CBS here. Is this what we usually watch? (laughs) But all that and no Oreos still. What the hell? Not a single single Choco. (laughs) I'm behind on Supergirl because unfortunately CBS doesn't stream on any of the websites and I refuse to pay for cable. So I am... I saw the first couple episodes and then I missed one and was like, oh, well, crap. But I do love how happy Supergirl is. That's sort of the same thing that kind of got me and my wife into Flash was just how happy everyone was for the most part. Well, I have two things that can make you catch up really quick, Brian. Yeah. A, they've added Toy Man Jr. as an ally. Okay. And uh, B, Siobhan has shown up. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she we know as we know, she's going to be a big part of the Flash Supergirl crossover. Yeah, it's, uh, we're, getting, we're getting Supergirl as it was heading towards cancellation or like re- constantly being rebooted or whatnot. There was a uh, Shaban side story that I am very upset that they never got to finish because she was the most interesting part of the comic book. Yes, well, they, she they, was besties with Supergirl for a while there. And they were... Uh, Quite close. Yeah, they just started developing her. Like she came in as kind of like the toughest nails, kind of like bitchy assistant, and now they started breaking her down last episode. So it's kind of like before she becomes Silver Banshee, it looks like things are going to get really interesting. So it's kind of they're taking it in a very cool way. Um, I thought they were going to treat her very one note and just shit, shit goes wrong, and then you know here's Silver Banshee, but Livewire uh, style. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then we know she's teaming up with Livewire for, for that for that fight too against the Flash. Oh. So. Yeah. yeah, Brian. It, Brian, we'll talk after the podcast, but I I have ways for you to be able to get caught up on Supergirl. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. So, um, but yeah, it's um, uh, Sean, you had mentioned too the dynamic of the the trio, of uh, you know John Jones and Alex and and Kara. Um, going back to last week's episode, that final moment in that episode, oh, Alex killed me. That killed that one, me. <laughs> and it was one of my favorite moments of that show so far because there was so much. It's the first time, in my opinion, like we saw that much emotion come out of a scene. Like I honestly I'm I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this at all. I honestly got a little choked up at that scene. I won't as lie did I, at all. As did I. So, it's okay. I cry like every week during Flash. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex was acting her heart out in that one. Uh, yeah. Who's the actress playing? Kyler Lee. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, she was just pulling on every heartstring I had was like, feel my pain. I was like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> so, but I mean, but yeah, the, I mean, so many the, strong, there's, there's been some strong moments from the show so far. There have. And, and I absolutely love what they're doing with cat co cat. Grant is a great, great character and they are playing her absolutely perfectly throughout this show. Um, I know that's one of the sore spots for a lot of people that watch the show where they're just like, well, what, what is this? This is the, the devil wears Prada half hour of the show and then the half <laughs> hour of bad effects punching things in the face. But 
uh, I, I actually love Cat Grant, and I think they're playing her fairly well as far as uh, developing her over time as well. Yeah, I mean, it's working. It really definitely is working. Like I said, again, my only hope, because the you know we do know we were getting a season two, that next season you know we'll get into some interesting things, maybe like you know going into Bottled City of Candor kind of stuff. Maybe who knows? We're gonna. I'm kind of thinking that's where some of the stuff's kind of heading to in the directions. I, yeah, I, think. I, I would think that I would almost want to say I hope they release the reins and let them just kind of have fun with this stuff again. But we've already had some of the biggest Superman stories told in Supergirl as far as Bizarro, uh, the man who has everything when she was stuck under a Black Mercy mm-hmm. flower there for a while. I mean, they're they're bringing in some crazy concepts, but yeah. uh, and the the uh, not Lex Luthor that they have in their show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they. I, I was kind of. Dis- that's the only one thing I would say. I would be. I'm very constantly disappointed about is the uh, the way they're using Maxwell Lord. It's a little weird. Yeah, um, a little bit. But I mean, all in all, though, the fact that we've seen stuff like the like the Black Mercy and we're getting Red Kryptonite, we got the Fortress of Solitude. I mean, they showed yeah, the Legion the ring key under the doormat. Exactly key under the doormat. <laughs> I mean, they're they're doing everything right as far as allowing some of the zaniness in, but at the same time, it still feels like it's not. They're not embracing it, and I don't know if it's a tone or something that they're this just being lost in translation. But uh, I'm hoping they find their voice on that stuff. Well, I mean, even the uh, upcoming, I, even the up. I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. Well, I was I was I heard Kyler Lee. I'm like, why does that name sound familiar? And so I looked her up, and I have to ask. Uh, does she frequently uh, have her hair in a ponytail? Uh, no, it's actually—it's actually, it's actually uh, short. Overalls with paint on them. <laughs> <laughs> She's never going to be prom queen. <laughs> no, no. She, does she hang out with Captain America sometimes? And you know, I'm missing something. I'm missing a not, reference. Not, here. not another teen movie. Oh, I, I see. I hate. I don't like those spoof movies. Oh, so. actually, that one actually is fun though. <laughs> oh, I, I watched it recently. I'm like, whoa, holy crap! This is. This is something else. I it, but it's just one of our favorite touchstones. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Show. I'm surprised you didn't go with uh, that '80s show. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> Best <Yeah>. left forgotten. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we with the upcoming Flash and Supergirl crossover. I mean, uh, Sean, you had mentioned you know they're doing a lot of the Superman points, the Superman storylines. World's Finest is a big nod to Superman racing the Flash. And even the poster for that episode is literally Kara and the Flash in an arena with an audience, yeah, you know, with a crowd watching them race. Yeah. So I mean, that's why I said it seems like they they they're not afraid to do it, but at the same time, it always feels like it's held back just enough. And I'm I'm hoping they figure out a way to get the fun, just the joy of it as well. And uh, I, th- I think a big reason for that though is I think they're afraid of of kind of upsetting the fans that they're using Superman storylines with Supergirl rather than Superman because we're not going to see these Superman storylines again because now Superman belongs to the movie properties he's not a television property anymore so and at the rate the DC movie properties are going he's probably not going to be a a television property again for a very 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 long time probably 10 to 15 yeah yeah exactly so I mean it's like you said loosen the reins let them use it the fans are going to get upset no matter what you do but the, true, but the true fans are going to be happy with it. I'm, I mean, I'm a Superman purist. I love the fact that they're bringing these Superman storylines into Supergirl because at least I get to see them. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I like the Black Mercy. I liked seeing the Fortress of Solitude. So it's, yeah, and, and Bizarro and such, which Bizarro, we're going to see Bizarro again. There's no. Oh, of course. Of course. Bizarro showed up? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
awesome. And then uh, there was a nice little nod to Lobo uh, a couple weeks ago. And the question is, if they do bring that in, which Lobo we're going to see? As far yeah. as the uh, chains and everything? I'm kind of hoping it's at least the old school. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can deal with the, the sparkly Lobo. The, uh, know, as we call him. Sexy time Lobo. Yeah, yeah. sexy time Lobo is what we call him. <laughs> I don't know. Based on the general casting on those shows, I have a feeling it's going to be more sexy time Lobo. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So I mean, and, and going back to you know the DC legacy and, and being loyal to characters, we saw Laura Vandervoort from Supergirl uh, from Smallville come back to play uh, Brainiac Eight. Is it Brainiac Eight? Brainiac Eight, yeah, Indigo. Brainiac Eight, uh, Indigo, which is another form of oh, Brainiac wow, too. So, jeez, yeah. yeah, Brian's brain is about to explode. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's a bizarre late '90s deep cut. Oh yeah, like the the like weird like Nightwing led uh, Outsiders series. Well, everyone remembers that. That's the next yeah. TV show I'm sure they're going to put out. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait until Grace shows up as a reoccurring character. Everyone's favorite superhero name, Grace. <laughs> Some lady in street clothes with an arm tattoo. Hey, everyone, it's Grace. It was the Justice League's faith here as well. <laughs> uh, but switching gears a little bit to another show that tends to borrow from other um, – you know, Batman Junior. Yeah, there you go. Hey. That's, a good, that's a good way to put it. Uh, you know, we're currently in the fifth, fourth season of Arrow. Fourth, Is it fourth season? Fourth yeah. season of Arrow. Um, you know, which, as I had mentioned, we've seen them borrow obviously from Batman lore and, and things like that with Raja Ghul and Deathstroke and such. Um, thoughts on Arrow for this season? I know you said you're not too thrilled with it, but are it's, you disappointed? It's not that I'm not too thrilled. I see exactly what they're doing, and it's not working, and it's angering me so much uh based off of the success of flash they're trying to do the same thing and the characters are much lighter this season they're kind of jokey they're kind of having fun with each other there's a lot more of a a pals at the office type vibe when they're all out on a mission but the storyline is still too dark and and overbearing and it's kind of losing all of the fun out of the season and that's why i'm just uh, it just frustrates me so much because I, I feel bad for Arrow because without them, we wouldn't have all of these shows. And they're just in this transition period right now where I'm like, come on, find your footing again. And once they do, they'll be back on uh, steady ground. It's kind of I feel like after season two where they just hit on all cylinders. and they're like, what do we do to top this? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's start filming. <laughs> and action. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like. Obviously, one of the bigger complaints from I know, Rob, you had this complaint as well. One of the oh, it drives me up the wall, man. One of the bigger complaints from the other, you know, from the past seasons of Arrow is that it's way too dark. It's way too dark. And they're they're throwing in things to kind of lighten it up. But with a dark storyline behind it all, it kind of acts like a black hole and it sucks all that lightheartedness out of the show. So, I mean, when How can we lighten the show up. Let's bring in Damien Dark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we won't make the show dark. We'll just throw in a character named Dark. And that'll. Yeah, yeah. And that when we kill him, we can be light and happy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you, you started the season with a person in a casket, you know, with, with somebody in a grave. I mean, that's a dark moment just to start off a light season. Wait, so hold on. Does that mean we're doing casket watch now? We well, we can. I figured we'll talk okay. a little bit about the show, and then we'll kind of go into it. You, you guys have a uh, a klaxon to bleep out curse words since nope, I, no FCC. So say whatever you want. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, if it's who I think it is in that casket, I got a lot of curse words to say. <laughs> so who's your, who, who's your thought? Yeah, we like, might as well talk about it. Then dive into it. Uh, Paul Blackthorn. I yeah. know. It's oh. just it's just all the all the uh, the. Uh, Hints just seem to be pointing that direction, be it on the show and off the show. And I'm like, oh, I'm hoping 
I'm hoping, and this is just me, that this is a trap that they're doing to to capture Damien Dark, and they're all going to be at the funeral, and then uh, he's just going to pop up out of the casket with two <laughs> pistols and shoot everyone up, and that's how they're going to end it. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's such a great actor, and he's such a great character to that show. I mean, he's a side character, but he's one of the strongest on oh, that show. By far, by far. So he, he brought so much of the he cut through the CW melodrama yeah. is what he did in the first two seasons was, OK, we have all this melodrama for the sake of melodrama. I'm going to actually bring drama to this and, and we'll leave all of the, oh, I have a secret. I'm not going to tell stuff to the kids and, and I'll tell a story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's I, I'm going to be I know Rob and I are on the same note about this. I think we talked about this last week, too, because Arrow was on break last week. So we did a little casket watch. But, yeah, I think I mean, I think we were initially leaning more towards Felicity's mother. But I now there's too many clues that kind of go against that. Yeah. Um, and now everything is leading more towards Paul Blackthorne and, you know, Detective Lance. And that's going to be a major bummer if that's who it oh, turns man. out to be. Like so if they took Joe if they took Joe West away from me, I don't oh, know what don't, I'd be able no, to do. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that, guys. You, you Iris, realize what sure, we're go doing. Go right ahead, take away Iris, but Joe, no, no. <laughs> you realize in in the school of of these evening primetime dramas, as far as your Buffy the Vampire Slayers, your your Supernaturals, they make you love the character, so it hurts that much more later uh-huh. on. <laughs> yeah. But my only question about this is too, and it's the only—it's literally the only thing at this point that's kind of leaning me away from it being Paul Blackthorne. Is and I mentioned this last week too. In Star City 2046, we heard from Connor Hawk that John Diggle and Detective Lance were killed in the uprising. So if Lance was killed in the uprising. How is it possible that he is the person in the casket? Unless, as you had mentioned, this is a trap of some or, sort where or, it's or that detective Lance could be Laurel Lance becomes a a, a detective. You have no oh, idea. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, they could do ones. anything. Oh, they want you to. silly people! <laughs> my theory out of the water. Damn it! Yep. Now I'm 100. percent It's Lance. Yeah, they can do. Way to go, they Rob. Way yeah. to go. Yeah. Just you me. killed him. You I killed him. <laughs> you robbed me of the only hope I had that it wasn't okay. Detective Lance. It's okay. Damn you. I can make uh, Brian a lot more interested in this show, though. Mm. Uh, guess guess who Felicity is the daughter of? Oh, I heard this. She's the daughter of Calculator. That's mm. correct. This is kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's another one of those little side characters that you never expect to see show up and uh to make that the the tie-in right there i thought was a great little thing that they did i guess that also explains her rebellious goth college years uh-huh they had a whole episode Dad, I about be a it. superhero <laughs> or super villain uh but i mean we've seen touches of mr terrific as well on the show nice. um apparently we get to see t-spheres in full action in a couple weeks too oh, so really? yeah man so, that, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, be the wait. best frog jumpers ever with those T spheres. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I want to see um, Sean. What were your uh, Brian? I'd ask you too, but I know you you haven't watched at this point. Um, you haven't watched up to this point, so I'm hoping we're not spoiling anything from you, as if we haven't I'm already. Fine. As <laughs> if we Sean hasn't already given you enough reason to go back and watch a show in the form of spoilers. Um, Vixen, uh, what are your thoughts? Would you? I mean. I want to see her come back, to be honest. I, I do, too. I think it, it's a great addition that they can really expand upon and start to give some of that uh, 
touch of the unexplainable to Arrow as well. I mean, they, they've dabbled in it with the Ra's al Ghul and the Lazarus pits and stuff. Yeah. But it's been very down to earth. Anything that you can't shoot an arrow at, they really don't play with whatsoever. So <laughs> it'd be nice to see if they can bring in some of that more mystique style stuff and, and let it grow from there. Yeah. And, Plus, and does, she, that, does she get the giant aura of the animal behind her when she, she totally does? She does. Oh, yep. wow. OK, I would like yeah. to see how they do that. They, they don't uh, pull any punches with it. Yeah, I was, and I was it, hoping it would just go full like hot rod, you know, spirit animal, just a tiny little like circle <laughs> of them. <laughs> I know but, one one of the other biggest contentions we have with this show too um, is the flashbacks. Uh, I think we're getting a little flashback heavy in this show. Um, they don't. They don't. Flashbacks at this point. They are, and they don't serve any purpose in the show. Now, whatsoever. That, now that you say that, I think that has to be the number one reason why I'm more willing to just sort of let it go off to the side, like on my weekly viewing, because the flashbacks are so worn out. Lost kind of burned me on it to begin with. He's off the island already. Do we really need to have that? Yeah. But the first two seasons of flashbacks were really good as far as they propelling really the main storyline. But then it to the point where we find out that oh, he also came back to Star City earlier. Before his big return, on top of all those other times that he returned, I don't know. That was a bit much for me. <laughs> and then he worked for Amanda Waller, and then he went to China, and then he <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so toured with Disney on ice for a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's next season. So. Didn't he also do his own cruise line? Like sure. didn't he, he did his own party. It didn't work cruise. out too well. <laughs> no, no, that one crashed. That's right. He just kept shooting everybody, and he's like, "I thought you said you were going to stop killing." And I'm like, "I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> I got this darkness inside me." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's we know already that the cast of Arrow is signed on for at least another three seasons. I think. Oh, is it really? Um, I, wow. I, I think, well, at least a male. They're going to supernatural that. They will run it into the ground as hard as they can. Supernatural I, renewed for season 12. I'm man. still enjoying Supernatural, so. <laughs> uh, I, when I see the, like, pre, like what previously on Supernatural after, like, when I occasionally watch Flash on real television, and I see that they're going off to the mystical land of Oz and, like, the girl <laughs> from uh, Dr. Horribles, I'm like, what the hell happened to this show? Oh, yeah, Fel Felicia Day. Because I, I stopped at like season, like I was like Netflix binging it for a while when I was home by myself. And like when the Angel season first started, I'm like, oh, okay, uh, I'll switch over to something else. Like, like that's when like all the good Netflix originals started or whatever. I'm like, there's too much stuff to watch. It's like, well, I can sit and watch them argue about their feelings at each other for <laughs> another like five years, or I can just go on to this other new thing. And I went to the new things. Well, I remember the Grim Reaper said they don't get to come back when they die next time. So, oh, really? Yeah, this is it for them. They're going to die for good next for really time. Really <laughs> real this time. No takesy backsies. <laughs> so, I know we wrapped up the TV stuff, but now, like I said, we've got like Suicide Squad coming up and Batman versus Superman. Where, what do you guys think about what's coming with that? Me and Ben are very kind of split on a few things on this, too. So, as per yeah. our needed discussion last night, <laughs> I, I think you're going to see the same from Brian and I as well. Yeah. So one of us is an optimist, and the other one is a uh, a dour, sad shell of a man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so um, where where do you fall on everything then? Which one of you is the optimist and which one of you is the oh. is probably joining me in the sad shell of a man aspect? Uh, I I have I had a wonderful experience going to see Man of Steel. Uh, like most Zack Snyder movies, I saw a really cool trailer and there's some really nice music in it. I'm like, oh, this could be fun. Uh, my son and I binge watched through Superman the animated series. 
we went and we watched Man of Steel in the theaters. Um, he fell asleep halfway through because he was bored. And then uh, as I wake him up during the final fight at the end, he woke up just in time to see Superman <laughs> kill a man with his bare hands. And he goes, Daddy, why is Superman hurting his friend? And I'm just like, oh, my God, did you guys miss the ball on what Superman is? He's uh, like, oh, all these people die. It's like, oh, but those three random people at a museum, I've got to save them from Zod. <laughs> Neck twist. Oh, my God. Brian, I am sending you a virtual high five because we are on <laughs> the same go. side with this. Yeah. As someone who my, my most favorite thing in the world is Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman, which is the most optimistic view of Superman you can possibly imagine. And so when I when they were like literally quoting that in the trailers, I thought, oh, this is going to be what I think Superman is. And it wound up being the exact opposite. So yeah. speaking of opposites, <laughs> I have faith. Also, I was very I sad faith. that when you also I was very sad last week when you were talking about uh, robot butlers in the uh Fortress of Solitude. Uh, the proper way to deter- to uh, describe the Man of Steel robot butlers is a uh, office toy pin art. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the Man of Steel uh, robot butlers are. You can't be a fan of Doctor Who and make fun of the effects of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give Sean that. I'm back. That's a all. valid point. Uh, that's a valid point. I'm saying it was an odd choice. That's all. <laughs> Like if the Fantacarians show up and their wings are powered by click clack machines, it's just a it's just an obvious artistic choice. <laughs> but uh, I believe there's a story being told, a larger overarching story, and that was part of that story being told. They you have a guy that was raised with super duper powers. He has some control issues. Uh I'm not saying as far as murdering people control issues, but at least as far as keeping things in check, and he well, will be put in an impossible He suffers from choice. what Oliver Queen suffers from. They have the same affliction. That's all it is. It's okay. Yes. They have darkness inside <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, no. He has darkness inside him, and again, I don't want to start a heated debate like Rob and I had last <laughs> night, but... Um, Whiskey-fueled anger. Yes, it was, it was three people all trying to argue their points at the same time, uh, which becomes fun, while two other people are having discussions about some kind of puss in boots with Christopher Walken. Um, but it's, As you do on a Saturday night. Exactly. <laughs> the funny thing is, neither one of them were drinking. Um, so it's... I, I understand the whole, he's new to this world, he's new to these powers, but he grew up on this world. He knows he has the powers at this point. He's learned how to control them, otherwise he wouldn't have donned the suit. It's, he knows, he knows at this point how to control his powers. So the, to me, the argument of he's got darkness in him at this point in time, it doesn't fly with me. That That's just my argument. I mean, he's he's been on this world since he was a child. He knows well, how to control these powers. If we're talking about teenage Clark Kent fighting Zod, I can understand that argument a little bit better. But yeah, I, I think maybe I should rephrase. He doesn't know his powers well enough to have seen another option out of that no-win scenario. Okay. That, that, that's, it, a little, was, that's a little better explanation. Yeah, it, it was my less con- than- My constant argument with this is in the comics when Superman finds something – where it seems like the only option is to kill someone, he always finds another way to get out of it because Superman is actually smart and always tries to do the right thing. Well, I brought up that point last night, too, in our discussion, and I think I've brought it up on the podcast before. You go back to the original Christopher Reeve Superman movies where he's fighting Zod. In the middle of Metropolis, there's a bus full of people, and Zod literally just touches the bus 
threatens the people and Superman throws his hands in the air and says, nope, this is over. These people are going to get hurt. We're done. Like, if you want me, you've got me. That's who Superman is. He's not, no, I'm going to knock you through this bus. Who cares about all the people, uh, you know, in order to stop you from doing this? So let's put this in context, though. You're using the same movie that also had him throw a giant cellophane shield (laughs) off of his chest (laughs) as the paragon of what is Superman. (laughs) Oh man, throw a wrench into oh, that argument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I mean, but I had other issues with with um, with Man of Steel as well. And Brian, I don't know if they're similar. Brown. Um, pa, Brown. the whole Pa Kent issue, Pa Kent's yeah. death was a big contention to me. Like, don't throw your hand in the air and tell me no. I, you have the ability to save him. Save him. Like, it's it's. Yeah. It, it, well, his choice in that matter. Yes, I understand. But as far as Kevin Costner. Being a dad, I could completely understand him saying, no, your life's more important than my own. Uh, Don't worry about it. I got this. (laughs) You're also talking, you know, you're also talking as a mortal human being who, you know, your son may not have the ability to save you. So you're pretty much just putting him at ease saying, you know, yeah, I've accepted this, you know, don't risk your life. Superman, a.k.a. Clark Kent's not going to be hurt by running into a tornado to save him. He also has the speed to get in there and do it with nobody seeing him do it. So throwing your hand in the air and saying no, it's it's a cop out to a death of of Jonathan Kent. It did look cool when he got sucked into the tornado. (laughs) I'll give him that. Yeah. The uh, hard hitting points. Yeah. 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 But no, I mean, I think ultimately, though, I mean, I'm Sean, I'm with you. I, I. I'm excited to and optimistic. It's just like I said, I always view every one of these comic book movies or these universes as their own series of graphic novels. Graphic novels can do whatever the hell they want. They set up their own rules and boundaries. It's there's so much continuity in stories you can pull from and you're never going to get the exact same version of any character. It's always depending on the writers, you know, and it's as we've even said earlier in this show, no matter what you do, someone's going to be mad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 everyone has their own thing that has brought brought them into that character and that mythos and and what speaks to them. And I completely understand that. I have no qualms with it. I go in with a blank uh, just like you do, Rob, just a, a blank slate pitch to me what you want to sell. Let's see what you got. I'm coming in with no preconceptions. And I, I judge it off of that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to a press screening of Batman versus Superman on the 22nd. So I'm going to get the chance to see it before everybody else. Um, not, I'm not saying that to brag, obviously. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of these things that I feel like it's a better option for me to see it this way rather than go with a bunch of friends on opening night. To go with a bunch of friends opening night, and it's nothing against my friends, obviously, who are going, because, Rob, you guys are going, and you did invite me. But I feel like I would almost be influenced, and I'd have to defend my options, whereas going into this press screening, I'm going by myself, um, and I'm going to try and leave every all of my feelings and thoughts about Man of Steel as best as I can at the door. Oh, wait, well, you don't want to have a, a Star Wars Episode One? That was great, right, <laughs> everybody? <laughs> our, yeah. Our that, sad that, night that, of sitting in fun. truck stops afterwards. <laughs> like, my childhood is ruined. <laughs> well, I think it still um, took a couple this days. This is pod racing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm I'm going to do my best. I'm, I know there are definitely – I want this movie to succeed. I, I absolutely want this movie to succeed. Um, I think it's a great. I mean, who would have ever thought we would have seen Batman versus Superman on the big screen? It's not only that, but it's a it's it's bringing in Dark Side. It's bringing in uh, a lot of other things for the future, as well as Wonder Woman, who I 
honestly thought would never see a big screen. Uh, by Dark Side, Cyber- by Dark Side, do you mean Doomsday? Or are they uh, in Dark Side too? Yeah, well, they're they're, uh, they're well, are they going to tease him for Justice League? I'm yeah, yeah I, okay. Yeah, they're, they're from the trailers, some of the stills I've seen. It it looks like they're at least setting up for the future. Yeah, kind well, of parademonies. Well, yeah, but all these things that you're mentioning to me just feels like you're stuffing too many ingredients in a pie. It's um, it's very possible. It's very very possible, and I think that's going to be the big determining factor for me. Again, I'm going in with nothing but Man of Steel ahead of it, and then whatever they give me in this, and I'll judge it off of that. But that's probably going to be the biggest thing on whether they did it right or wrong is whether they got the balance correct. You know, I mean, could, all, when, when you look oh, at a recipe, sometimes sorry, Rob, um, you know, but when you look at a recipe, sometimes too many ingredients can ruin the entree. So um, I, apparently I'm, if you I'm, dump the whole bottle of sherry in, it doesn't taste as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it, too much of one ingredient can ruin the entree. Too many ingredients can ruin the entree. So it's it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. But ultimately, I think at the end of the day, even if this does not succeed in a couple of years, they'll try again. And, it'll, you know, eventually one day we're going to get to that moment where we'll finally get the Brave and the Bold Aquaman on screen and I'll be happy. Oh. <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I want. But yeah, I, I mean, read a really I really actually read a really good article in Variety where someone was like what was like defending the Aquaman because everyone, everyone the first thing that like everyone in the media always does is like, oh, he talks to fish. And this guy was just like, do you see how badass uh, Cal Drogo looks as Aquaman? Guess what? Everyone who's been watching the cartoons and reading the comics for the past few years, we all know that Aquaman is already awesome. Like all oh, the yeah. way back to like the Justice League Unlimited version of Aquaman with the hook hand. Mm hmm. Like he he's not really that much of a joke anymore. So I, I I'm maybe maybe an outrageous will, you know, sway sway me to the side of these movies. I yeah. doubt it. But, you know, well, the Super Friends put so much damage on that character. And I think it's I'm excited to finally see him and hopefully shake that image. You know, Plus I know it doesn't help that we're very a we have fans like ourselves that automatically already love these characters. And it's just not the interpretation we like. But B, they're. Humans are very tribal in nature, and we have Marvel fans and DC fans, yeah. and uh, the the online discussion space is is very violent towards one another, uh-huh. and it's uh, it, it just keeps everyone kind of like down on these movies, and I'm hoping they at least give it a shot. Yeah. Is yeah. basically all I want. I'm going into this one treating it honestly as a Batman movie more than a Superman movie. I think I was, that's a smart move. I was disappointed treating Man of Steel as a Superman movie. Um, However, this time around, I was somebody who was completely on board from day one with Ben Affleck being cast as Batman. Um, I know every uh, big argument with a lot of people is, oh, he, he ruined Daredevil. No, he didn't. The writers ruined Daredevil. <laughs> Affleck yeah. worked with what he had. I mean, and I kind of enjoyed Daredevil a little bit to a degree. And plus, the career, the career upswing that Ben Affleck has been having lately, like everyone was so mad that he didn't win an acting Oscar, uh, like literally like two weeks before he got announced to be batman and then all of a sudden it's like oh he's a terrible actor yeah. he should yeah. be wait a minute yeah but i mean you you, yeah argo, right look at argo the town um gone girl which you had mentioned he was nominated for if he hasn't if he doesn't have confidence in himself he's not going to rebuild his career after like things kind of falling apart after things like chili and all these other things and then building back up and then like you know what i feel like flushing it today like screw it i'm gonna be <laughs> batman it yeah. took a lot of years to get that Jenny from the block out of his veins, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so I, I don't think we have much to worry about. And then Suicide no, Squad, I think this looks like a ton of fun, too. So. Oh, Suicide Squad looks like so much fun. I saw that trailer, the full trailer for that one, um, you know, with the Queen music behind it and and everything. I Like, I was sold on that from the beginning. So I, that's one I'm definitely looking forward to seeing. 
Well, I think I guess we should probably get ready to head into DC Essentials, hit our news, and uh, a couple recommendations, and get the hell out of here. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I think we ran you guys a little long. Hey, today. it's okay. It's okay. Oh, I'm fine it's been with that. Long, yeah. So it's been fun. I mean, that, after this, I mean, I was already sold on having you guys going again before we even started, but now it's going to be for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rob, we'll start with you because I know you have more news than I do, unless you want me to just run through mine real quick, because um, it's just a quick nod. Go ahead. Why don't you like tear three years? I'll hit mine, and then we'll four of us make some recommendations out there for DC stuff, and yeah, and uh, well, show. Uh, mine's going back to The Flash, as I had mentioned, too. Kevin Smith became a fan of The Flash, and he's going to be directing a episode that um, is going to be coming up in the second half of this. Well, we're already in the second half, but um, in this last run of episodes of The Flash. And he posted on Twitter a picture of a table read in which we see one John Wesley ship. So we do know at some point before the end of this season, uh, we will be seeing Barry's father Henry Allen returned to the show. So he is not gone. We will see him come back at some point. Um, oh, which brings up a very interesting uh, tidbit real quick. Um, Man in the Iron Mask watch. <laughs> who do we think it? I'm curious who you think it is. I think it's another Jay Garrick. That's I think it's too. another Wally West. Which, I, I think it's Earth 2 Wally West. Oh, uh, maybe Henry Allen still. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's another Jay Garrick. I think it's a, another nod to the the actual story of the man in the Iron Mask where it's it's a twin of whoever the villain is at the time. So it's I think it's another Jay Garrick. So. All right. But back to DC Essentials. And that wraps. Yeah, that wraps up my my news is that we're going to okay. John Wesley ship return. Well, one of our other big things we know is. uh it's been announced this week. CW has renewed everything that they do. Um, so that means <laughs> Legends Season of 12, Tomorrow. Supernatural. Yeah. Legends, uh, you know, Flash and Arrow are all coming back. Supergirl was announced earlier in the week of being renewed for season two as well. And uh, a couple of things that they have like come out and stated a little bit more is that Legends of Tomorrow, the writers are willing to shake up the formula and said certain characters will most likely be shifted out for new characters joining next season. So there's been some rumblings that... We could be seeing Vixen and Constantine joining the team. Yeah, so big hopes for some uh, a couple change-ups. I think it'll be interesting to see because you know once the Savage story is done, do the Hawks make sense in this universe? So it's a big wait and see. So uh, beyond that, though, J.K. Simmons has been cast as James Gordon in the DC Cinematic Universe, That's which amazing. is amazing. <laughs> is just kind of awesome. It is so good. There's been some really good photos people have cut together out there. If you look it up, you'll find it. But it's it's, uh, it's still tough for me to not picture him as J. Jonah Jameson. I know. Because he was so brilliant in that role. You have a much easier time because I still see him from Oz, and it's just oh, hard yeah. to see <laughs> I never watched Oz, so I don't oh, see him. He, he's, oh. he's a horrible neo-Nazi in that yeah. show. So sort uh, of that, like the teacher from Whiplash. Yeah, very much so. Okay. and. To see him slinging insurance is, is very difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I forgot he does those commercials. Oh, but yeah, no, I know what you mean on that one. That's a, that's it. Oz, that that's a lasting impact. It is. So. It very much is. That was the beginning of HBO's destruction of my soul. <laughs> yeah. It's, we, we tune in for Spawn the Animated Series and see something wholly different. <laughs> so... Um, so also, no, we know uh, Warner Brothers had a little survey going around for people that have seen early uh, screenings of Batman versus Superman and asked what characters people wanted to see more of in upcoming appearances. 
Well, there was one of those names on there that finally confirmed who Jenna Malone is playing. We do know she is going to be playing Barbara Gordon. Uh, but she also has been cut out of the film. <laughs> <laughs> so when people see this for uh, this, this little uh, survey and says, who do you want to see more of? They're like, who the hell is this? <laughs> the so. character we deleted. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, I mean, we will, director. <laughs> we will see her again, uh, just not in Batman versus yeah. Superman. Yeah, well, we will. We'll see. Uh, she will be appearing, as we mentioned last week, in the, oh, the R-rated Ultimate Edition. That's supposed to be close to 20 to 30 minutes longer, probably similar to that kind of Watchmen director's cut that we saw. Um, or neck snapping, I'm sure. Yeah, lots of neck snapping. <laughs> so we're going Shell on. Of that, a man. that Blu-ray is, is going on like a three-hour running time. Yeah, uh, I think it is. And they said it could be a few minutes more than that, too. So. Yeah. So it's a three plus. And, uh, you know, beyond that, like I said, we did bring up, you know, uh, Matt Noble's re- reappearing as Rachel Golden Arrow. And that's pretty much wraps up the news for this week. And, and Supergirl also got the renewal for yep. season two. Yep. Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I, I was honestly a little worried about that one after it starts. So, yeah. Yep. No, it did get the renewal for, for season two on top of the uh, all the CW shows as well. So, uh, cool. So we'll move on to a couple of recommendations. Well, I'll give some recommendations before, uh, before we get out of here and then we'll, uh, obviously we'll let you guys plug your, your, your podcast a little bit as well. And, um, I guess I'll kick things off too. Cause mine are pretty local based. I know, uh, all of the podcasts on our network are, get a nationwide reach, but ours is that my recommendations right now are a little bit more local. Um, there's two conventions that are coming up in the Philadelphia area out here on the East coast. One of them is the great Philadelphia comic-con April 22nd through the 24th in Oaks PA, uh, Philadelphia comic-con.com. The only reason I bring this up is because this is going to be an appearance of John Wesley ship is going to be out at this con as well uh which as i had mentioned we're trying to uh work on an in-person interview with him uh if not i'll at least get a picture with him in my um my jay garrick flash costume so, uh but on the note of jay garrick flash atlantic city boardwalk con may 13th through 15th at the atlantic city convention center uh do acbc.com uh teddy sears aka jay garrick will be out uh, there as well, who I will absolutely get a picture with in my Jay Garrick flash costume, <laughs> so which is my big cosplay for the year. I usually do one a year, so that's my my big one for this year. Uh, how about you, Brian? Any uh, any recommendations in the DC universe that something that maybe people absolutely need to go back and read a set of trades or? Okay, well, because I know Sean already stole the one that I was going to do. Uh, <laughs> yes, for this week. Uh, dibs. If, if we're talking about uh, DC, uh, we're talking. We've been talking about Legends today. Uh, we're talking about uh, old DC team books. My personal favorite thing ever. If you've ever listened to our show, I will constantly hammer home the Grant Morrison Justice League, mm. which was just called JLA. And uh, while it did sort of run independent of all the other, co- like it was constantly being influenced by all everyone else's solo titles, so it's not quite as self-contained as the uh, Legends of Tomorrow is. It does feature a lot of constantly changing cast members and just ridiculous world spanning threats that you really couldn't get anywhere else. And it's one of my favorite series of all time and it still holds up. So yeah, Superman's at... made of electricity for reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Grant Morrison was the only person that said, Hey, you know what? That's kind of a cool idea. How can I make this cool instead of constantly complaining about it the entire time? I remember that. Yeah. The yeah. Electric, Superman be- electric was, blue and electric red. Electric man. blue. Yeah. I remember that. That was shortly <laughs> after. Didn't that come up shortly after the death of Superman series? 
It wasn't too far afterwards uh, that they started. Maybe was yeah. it? He's, he's, he starts off in the mullet. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. In the mullet goes electric, then goes back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember so, so, that. All right. So you've got JLA Volume One, Two, Three, and Four. They stretched out the Morrison and uh, Mark Wade runs together at the end there, but. So okay, yeah, that I do remember that. I might have to go back and reread that now. How about, <laughs> uh, how about you, Sean? Well, as as the listeners can clearly hear, I am holding up my copy. Of Final <laughs> Crisis Rogue's Revenge, which, uh, you know, the best starting point for any comic reader is Final Crisis, as everyone knows. <laughs> uh, this, it, it was very well known for being very confusing, even for people that were reading it. But this is a self-contained trade paperback that is all about the rogues. Your, your Captain Cold, your Heat Wave, uh, Mirror Master, and... Um, Oh, geez, who else was on that team? Trickster and Weather Wizard. They sound pretty janky. They are pretty janky. That's the whole point. Um, it's all about when the bigger bads like Darkseid show up to take over the world and they try to hire these guys on, but they have their own rules and they have their own pride and uh, they won't sign on to bigger evils because they have their own way of doing things. And it's a lot of fun. Gives you a lot of backstory on like Captain Cold. It actually has like their childhood origin stories for heat wave and captain cold as well as and this may be very very convenient for those of you watching the flash this season the the background story of the link between hunter zolomon and zoom so we'll just leave it at that (laughs) well for me this week uh like i said i know we've been talking a lot about some of the animated stuff uh justice league war is now on netflix so for everybody out there that has netflix which is most people um it's a well worth the watch. It is the first animated film in the new fi- from the New Fifty Two animations, and uh, if for those people that are really worried about Justice League, is can you actually introduce us in a movie all of these characters in two and a half hours? Well, they do this. They do an amazing job of this one in an hour and a half. So um, yeah, it's, a, it's an animated version of the New Fifty Two uh, Justice League origin story, right. fighting Darkseid, and they do a heck of a job of it. And it also features a Wonder Woman in her CrossFit outfit, which I find to be just a delightful design. She's got on her tiny pants and her tall socks like that. It reinforces our our constant theme that if you're explaining the Amazons to someone, just imagine an island of nothing but CrossFit people. <laughs> um, this, oh. is a, this is a thought I just had to. And, and Brian and Sean, you guys would obviously you would know better than I would. And I don't even know why I just why this crossed in my head. Are you guys familiar with the characters of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, have there ever been any comic books that are similar to that where it's it's the main it's a big storyline, but it's not actually told by the main characters. It's told by people in the background. Have there been anything like that before? There have been, but they've been mostly smaller arcs or side books going on during the major events, like your okay. crises style books. If you if you pick up a lot of the the smaller character books while a big event is going on, either one of two things is happening to them. They're all of their supporting cast is being murdered in the event. All or right. he, uh, it's them doing exactly that, just kind of commenting on things that are happening around them. Okay. All right. Yeah, you'll usually see Blue Beetle and Booster Gold taking on those characters in uh, big it, events and whatnot. And they would be two I would think of too when it comes to the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the DC universe mm-hmm. would be Blue Beetle and and Booster Gold. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll see on TV soon. I'm hoping. Yes. I'm hoping. Yes. Uh, well, before we also get out of here too, one of the other things that we didn't bring up is uh, because you guys started at the New Fifty Two point, we've got rebirths creeping up really, really soon. What What is your hopes for that? 
another clean jump on point for people. Uh, I know Brian has higher hopes for it, but I just hope it's a it's another accessible point for people to be able to join in because we've had 50 issues since the uh, new 52, and I guess they're going to 52, and then boop, starting over again. Not really. I guess it's building from where it was, but they're going to have a uh, jump on point with rebirth. So. Uh, I just like having that four-year point. I think it's a good way to keep people able to come in and do what they join in on the fun because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the new 52, and uh, it's it's been a hell of a ride for me, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I know the listeners can't see it, but I, I'm looking at the webcam images that we have, and Sean, I can actually see a, a little flash comic book or oh yeah novels. that's that's my uh, uh my the bookshelves bo- yeah. of doom of <laughs> on the bottom of comic your, uh, books <laughs> on the bottom i could see it peeking out too uh but before we wrap things up obviously we want to do a little cheap plugs where can people listen to your podcast or and or check out your uh your website Brian, on the internet yeah. <laughs> well good answer that's good that's answer. actually how we do it we're really bad at plugging uh <laughs> we know people know how to use google we're dcr podcast everywhere that's that's literally all it is so all right. <laughs> Simple enough. So, uh, Rob, your cheap plugs. Uh, always just head over to caffeinecrew.com. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can now reach out to us through a new email address that you set up last week. So <laughs> yes. it's now DC Primetime at nextlevelradioonline.com, or you can hit me up on thecaffeinecrew at gmail.com as well. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, and of course, uh, I can be found as part of the Next Level Podcast Network on the Showcast, which records uh, posted every Monday night. But you can find us nextlevelradioonline.com on Twitter at NXT Level Radio, and of course uh, on iTunes as well. But yeah, reach out with any questions, recommendations, suggestions, things like that. DC Primetime at nextlevelradioonline.com. And finally, also big thanks as well, always to every week to Mr. George Shaw again for letting us use his amazing music in the starting the end of our show and also a massive huge thanks it was a pleasure sean brian thank you so much for joining us this week no ben rob the pleasure was all ours yeah. trust me i look forward to doing it again at some Not point a problem <laughs> yeah i think i think closer to i think rob and i were talking about this before i think finale week to the finale week yeah finale week for uh, arrow and flash maybe yeah sounds I, like a plan we'll yeah. have to get caught up <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. You can skim at times. Uh, I, I, I do, it seem. Yeah, Rob hasn't even watched like the first like five episodes of Supergirl yet. No, no. There's only like ten episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, I mirror Rob and what he said. Yeah, it's an absolute blast to have you guys on, and it's uh, we will absolutely have you on again too. This is a blast. This is a lot of fun. Perfect. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, okay, uh, but that's gonna wrap it up for this issue of DC Prime Time. We will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.